and we saw that he gives all these tests and he talks about the we sayers, the ones that say they have no sin or they say they've never sinned or they say, sin, what's that? And he says, these people are headed to hell, that they're not true believers. And he talks about those that leave the church, that they're not really true believers. They went out from us because they were not of us. And if they'd have been of us, they would have no doubt remained with us, but they went out that it might be made evident that they were never of us. So those people that look like they're Christians, but one day they walk off and go back to living like the devil and God doesn't get hold to them and, and whoop on them and take them to the woodshed, that proves that they're not his children, right? That's where you got Matthew 18, where you go and you talk to somebody about the way they're living and, and if they don't listen to you, you take two or three more and if they won't listen to them, then you take it before the church and you kick them out of the church and you treat them like a tax collector and a heathen. In other words, you treat them like an unbeliever because they probably are. You're to pursue that person. You don't kick them out of the church because you're being nasty and mean, but you're kicking them out of the fellowship to let them know that they don't belong there. They need to be saved. They need to be forgiven. And when they trust Christ, they can come back to the church. Or if they repent of their sin, that proves that they're really true believers. And so he gives us three tests, the moral test, the, the love test, and then he gives us the, the doctrinal test or the test of what we believe. And so he talks about those tests over and over and over again. And he's talking about loving the brethren, about believing the truth about Jesus, and that if you don't believe that Jesus came in the flesh, that you're not a true believer. And then he talks about also the fact that we need to behave to obey, right? And we're going to kind of put all three of those tests in one passage today, or at least John does. I didn't, but, but he puts them all three in there. And last week we didn't really finish up chapter 4, verse 20 and 21, but I think they kind of tie in with these at least the first three verses and five verses here in chapter five. But in chapter four of 1 John chapter four, he says, if someone says I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this is the commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. So he goes on to talk about that, you know, the last time we talked about chapter 4, verse 19, that we love him because he first loved us. He pours his love out in us, and because of his love, we're able to love other people, right? We're able to love the unlovely, to pray for those who curse us and despitefully use us and mistreat us. And, and, but he says, and this is about the fifth or sixth time he said, I can't remember if it's five or six times, but every time somebody says they do this, but they don't, they're not really true believers, he calls them a liar because they say they do this, but they don't believe. Remember, all of these tests, the believing and the, the believing the truth and the behaving, the moral test of obedience and the loving test, those don't precede faith. But when you're a true believer, these things are what's the truth in your life, right? We can't manufacture these things. We've tried. We've tried loving the unlovely. We've tried behaving. We've tried all of these things, believing the truth. And a lot of people say, well, I believe in Jesus, but they don't believe in the Jesus of the Bible. 
You know, we were talking about this the other day about the people that talked about that, that they believed that Jesus was a, that God was a judge in the Old Testament. The Father was the judge in the New Testament that Jesus didn't judge anybody. But Jesus says in John chapter 5, he says the Father's committed judgment to the Son and the Father judges no one. But the, but the Son does all the judging, right? Because he's the one that died on the cross for our sins and paid for our sins on the cross. And so he says, whoever hates his, says he loves God, but he hates his brother, whom he has seen, how can he say that he loves God? He's alive. And you know, that's true. You know, if we, can, if we can't love the people around us that we do see, how can we love the God that we don't see? And then he says, and this is the commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. So if we really truly love God, we're going to love other people, right? Somebody said it like this one time. I was trying to get my hands free here. But somebody said a long time ago, it was like this, that if you get this relationship right, then these relationships are right. So it looks like a cross, right? We get this relationship with God right, and then these relationships get right too. So we've got a cross there. We love God. And we love the brethren, right? We love the people who, who are around us that, that are fellow brothers and Christian sisters in Christ. But we're also to love people that are not like us. And, you know, most people, they want to do what? They want to love the people that are like them. And one guy, he, he, he started a church model that he says, you know, you go out and get people like you. And that's how you form the church. But the Bible says the church is made up of everybody, every ace. Age, race, religion, you know, everybody from anywhere and everywhere that, that we all come together as one. We don't just love people like us, right? But, you know, some people have said, well, that's how you grow the church is you get all these people look like you, act like you, and then you, go, then you grow the church. That ain't what Jesus said. Jesus said, Jesus said, go to the highways and byways and bring everybody in, right? No matter who they are, bring them all in. And so that's what we're to do. We're to love everybody. We want everybody to go to heaven just like Jesus did. Who did he go to? He went to everybody. The lepers, the blind, the lame, the maimed, the people nobody would touch, right? The lepers and all these people. He went to all of them. He didn't just go say, well, let me go get all these people that look good that are educated and all these things and we'll, we'll get us a church going, right? I mean, these guys that he formed a church with, they said, you know, these guys were unlearned men and they, didn't, they weren't very smart or they didn't know very much. They might have been smart, but they didn't know very much. And he said, and they knew they'd been with Jesus because of the things they said and did, right? It wasn't who they were, but it was who they belonged to that, that showed it. And so in chapter five, he goes on and he says, Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who was begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? You could title this section, Faith is the Victory that Overcomes the World. 
I guess we should have sang that today. But he says here, he says, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ, that you believe that he's the Messiah, the Savior, the, the one who God sent, the anointed one, is born of God. So the first thing we see here, there's going to be two things here in verse 1 and verse 5. He talks about believing who Jesus is, the truth about who really Jesus is. First, we believe that Jesus is the Christ, right? And when we believe he's the Christ, we trust in him and believe in him and we're what? Born of God. Remember what Jesus told Nicodemus? He says, you must be born again, right? You must be born again, born from above, right? And he says, and then he goes on down there in uh, verse 5, and he says, who is he that overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So you believe he's the Christ, you believe he's the Son of God. And when you believe he's the Son of God, there's something there I wanted to ask about. In Isaiah, what you read about that Jesus had been living before he came to this earth as a baby. Somewhere in Isaiah, uh, I was told me, and then also that there is more than one heaven, supposed to be three heavens according to the Bible. Well, there's the, there's the sky, the space, and then there's the third heaven, is, which is where God's at, right? So those are the three heavens, the earth, the sky, the, the space, and then the third heaven is where God's at. And that's the one we can't get to without him. But then also, Isaiah says, unto us a child will be born, and he'll be born of a virgin, right? But Jesus, he existed in the Old Testament, he came occasionally as what? The angel of the Lord, right? In the Old Testament, there were these times that when uh, Abram was still called Abram and, and uh, angel of the Lord appeared to him, right? And they ate with him and there was these three angels and he told him what he was going to do to Sodom and Gomorrah and, and he ate with them and, and, and but... He was the angel of the Lord. And over time, during different times and different places, the angel of the Lord appeared. Sometimes the Bible talks about the angel of the Lord, but when it speaks of the angel of the Lord, it speaks of Jesus before he came to earth. Because Jesus has always existed, right? I mean, he's always existed. And so when Daniel talks about him being the son of God, He's not talking about him being a son in a sense that he's less than God, but he's talking about he's equal with God because he talks about him being the son of man and the son of God. And when Jesus comes, he comes as the son of God because Jesus, because God is the father. And then we got God, the Holy Spirit, right? So they've all are one, but there's three different roles. And I don't know how you explain. That's what we call the Trinity, right? One man said, if you try to explain it, you'll lose your mind. <laughs> and if you try to explain it away, you'll lose your soul. Because that's one of the things we need to believe to go to heaven, really, to understand over time is that God is the three-in-one God. He's not three gods, as some religions say, but he's one God. And, but he exists in three persons. He's not sometimes the Father, sometimes the Son, and sometimes the Holy Spirit, as some people try to tell you, but he's one God, 
and he manifests himself in three different persons. So like we say, we got a body, soul, and a spirit. Me, myself, and I, right? We're made up of three parts, but we're one person, right? There's not Marty, Marty two, Marty three, but we're all, I'm one, right? And God is one, and we're made in his image. And so he says here that he is, he is the son of God, and we have to believe that he's the son of God. So we believe that he's the son of God, and we believe also that he's the Christ. And then he says here that everyone who loves him, who begot, who's he talking about? He's talking about Jesus to Christ, right? But he says if you, Jesus Christ is the one who begot us, right? Who we were born of God. And if we're born of God, we love those that are what? Begotten of him. In other words, born of God. So it's sort of like saying, well, I belong to the McKenzie family because that's my last name. But I don't love my sisters or whoever's in my family, right? And that's kind of, you know, that's what you're saying. You're saying, you know, I'm born of God and I'm born into the family of God. The person that says, I don't love my brother or sister is saying, well, I don't love my family. You know, and, and that can't be true, can it? Because you love them even if you don't get along with them. Even if you don't have a good relationship with them. But you still love them, right? And, you know, like I said, I think it was last week when I was here and I said, you know, that somebody once said, oh, to dwell with the saints above, that will be glory. But to dwell below with the saints we know, well, that's another story. Because, <laughs> you know, sometimes I, all of us, no matter who we are, no matter how sweet we are at times, sometimes we're not very sweet and not very lovable, are we? And so we love the brethren no matter where they're at, but we love them. You know, it's been said about that, that the church, unfortunately, is bad about, sh about shooting the wounded, you know, that instead of loving the wounded, that we do what? Shoot our wounded, right? Instead of getting an ambulance for them when they fall off the cliff and they have a problem, we end up shooting them and, and finishing them off. But see, we're to love each other. Through all the things that happened, as somebody said what they used to say, through thick and thin, through all the troubles, through all the difficulties, through all the things that happened to us, we're to love people no matter who they are. They don't have to be exactly like us. They don't have to look like us. They don't have to dress like us. I mean, you know, you go somewhere and, and people are, you know, people are pretty weird sometimes. I might be pretty weird sometimes, you know. I don't know. People might think I'm pretty weird sometimes. But, but the bottom line is, is we're supposed to love everybody that's a Christian and to love the people that, that God loves. And he loves everybody, so we're supposed to love everybody. But he says to do good to all the ha everybody, but especially those of the household of faith, right? And so he goes on and he says, uh, this is... This we know that we love the children of God when we do what? Love God and keep his commands. So how do we know we love the children of God? When we love God and keep his commandments. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord? And do not do the things I say do, right? So here's the, mor here's the moral test again. We just talked about the love test. Now we're talking about the moral test. The test of obedience. We love God and keep his commandments. And, and he says, 
That's loving God, right? Keeping his commandments. And I've told y'all before, and I keep saying it over and over again, if you love somebody, what do you want to do? You want to please them, right? You don't go around deliberately trying to hurt them, at least I hope not, anyway, unless you're really, really mad at them. But, but, you, but you go around and you love them and you do things for them because you love them. Not because, and, and nobody has to say, Marty, you need to go love this person because you love them already. You need to do this for them because you love them already, right? And he says, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. Remember the Pharisees, what did they always do? They kept laying all these burdens on people's backs and they had all these rules, all these regulations, all these things that they came up with and it was ridiculous because Jesus says, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will likewise not enter into heaven either, right? In other words, these people were trying to get to heaven by what they did and didn't do, right? Remember the Pharisee, he said, he was standing on the corner and he said, I thank God I'm not like other men. I tithe, I fast, I do this, I do that. I don't do this, I don't do that. And he's patting himself on the back and the old tax collector, he was the most hated because he collected taxes for Rome and he took it from his own people and they got rich off of their own people. And, and he said, oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And God forgave him and saved him right there, right? But the Pharisee walked away and wasn't saved, right? He wasn't forgiven because he thought he was going to get to heaven because who he was and what he did and didn't do. And, you know, it's the same way today. Some people think they're going to heaven because of what they did and what they didn't do. But if we're truly believers, we're going to, we love God and we keep his commandments, not because we have to, but because we want to. I always tell people when you get saved, your want-tos change. That you used to want to do bad things. And now you want to do good things, right? You used to want to uh, be mean and do things and, or maybe not necessarily be mean, but you didn't want to please anybody but yourself, right? But, you, but now you want to help others and do other things for people, right? I saw this lady yesterday. She had 123,000 followers on this, on this page. And this woman was just as evil as evil as could be. And I felt so... She had 123,000 people that follow what she does on the internet. In other words, they like who she is and like what she does. And this woman, she is one hateful, wicked woman. And I really wanted to message her yesterday and just say, so sad, I'll be praying for you. But I didn't. You know, maybe that was wrong, I don't know, but I just thought, oh God, this woman, she really needs your help because she is one hateful person. I mean, she was just spewing just venom and all this stuff, and that's what you do before you're saved. But when you know the Lord, He changes you in here, right? He changes your heart. And where there was hate, there becomes love. He pours the love of God out in their hearts. And His commandments are not burdensome. They don't, they don't weigh us down. Jesus said, come to me all you who are weak and heavy laden, weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He was saying, come be saved, be forgiven, and I'll take the burdens off of you. 
You know, people, they get saved and they say, I feel like a load just came off my shoulders, like a thousand pounds just fell off my shoulders. I feel relieved. I feel good now. And he says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Did you hear that? You know, John defines an overcomer. I don't know if y'all have ever read the book of Revelation and he, he writes to the seven churches. And every one of those seven churches he talks about to the one that overcomes, I'll give this and I'll give that. I'll give the crown of life and I'll give them this and I'll give them that. We can't overcome the world until we become believers. But when we become believers, you know what happens? God puts his strength, his power, his energy in us. In Ephesians 6, it says, Be strong in the Lord in the power of whose might? His might, right? He says, Stand. Stand therefore. Withstand. And having done all to stand. In other words, the battle's been won. We've just got to stand strong and trust in Jesus. Because he is the one that gives us the victory, right? He's the one that wins the battle. He's already defeated Satan. He might be still running around, but he's only got so much power and he can only do so much. But Jesus says over, not Jesus says, Paul says over in Romans 8, he says, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And that word conquer is what? The word super conquer. We got like a big S on our chest or maybe a big J instead because we got because we got Jesus living in us, right? And because we got Jesus, we can overcome the wickedness of this world, the, the troubles of this world. Remember Jesus said to his disciples in the upper room, he said in John 16, 33, he said, in this world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. What does that mean? If he's overcome the world, guess what? We can too, right? And so he says, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So when we become believers in Jesus Christ, we're able to overcome the world. Go read Hebrews 11. I don't know if y'all have read that lately. But by faith, by faith, by faith, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, all these people, by faith, Joshua, Joseph. And he said, that time would fail me. To tell you, Barak and Gideon and Samson and all these other people who overcame by faith. They trusted the Lord. They believed the Lord. And no matter what happened, no matter what came their way, they kept hanging on to the Lord. Not because anything in us, but because God is the one that keeps us. If it was up to us, we would lose our salvation in a heartbeat, folks. But because we know the Lord, he, He's the one that keeps us. He says nothing in Romans 8 can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. And so it's our faith in believing and trusting in Jesus that keeps us because He's the one that's hanging on to us. And so He says, who is He that overcomes the world? Well, He was only human. And unfortunately, He made a lot of mistakes. He says... He says, who is he that overcomes the world? It is he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And so, folks, if we know Christ as our Lord and Savior, guess what? The devil can come against us with everything he's got. He can throw everything in the book as. He can just try everything, every trick in the book. And 
And believe me, he does, right? And, and But you know what? Because we know the Lord, we don't have to worry. We just have to hang on to God. As I tell people sometimes, I say, hang in and hang on to God. You know, because God's the one that's, he's actually the one hanging on to us. But sometimes we're the ones that kind of let go, right? Because we, we get weak and depressed and, and discouraged because everything in the world's coming at us. I saw this post today on Facebook and this lady, she was saying, 2020 this happened, 2021 this happened. And now all these things are happening in 2022 and, and I just feel like I'm just about to lose it, you know. And somebody said, you just need to hang on to the Lord. He'll get you through, right? And that's what's true is as we get, uh, as we get older and as life goes on and, and sometimes the old devil, you know, he catches us when we're weak and when we're weary and, you know, and maybe sometimes we're tired or as we get older, our bodies get weaker. And, but you know what? He's still with us. He still loves us. He still cares for us. And, you know, God loves us. And when we trusted him as Lord and Savior, you know what? He loved us as much as he's ever going to love us. He'll never love us anymore, and he'll never love us any less. So if we mess up today, guess what? He still loves us the same as he did yesterday if we did really good following him. Tomorrow, whatever we do, he still loves us the same if we're his child. And so our part is just to keep on trusting him, keep on following him, just keep on hanging on because God's going to win in the end, right? And because we're his children, we win too. I told some folks yesterday, and I'll tell y'all again, you know, sometimes we wonder why God still has us here with all the troubles we go through and all the difficulties we go through as we get older. And, you know, I tell folks, if nothing else, you can pray, right? You might not can do a whole lot else, but you can pray for people to come to this service, for to come to the other church service. Trust Christ to, for opportunities to invite people or speak to them about who the Lord is and what he's done in your life. Just pray for people. Pray for this country. Pray for this world. But just remember, as long as you're in this world and you're still breathing, and I think everybody here is still breathing, then guess what? God's not through with you yet, right? He's not through with you. He's not done with you. He's got a reason and a purpose for you being here until the day you got him. And when he, and when you, when he gets through with you, when he gets through using you and for whatever purpose that might be, maybe, a, maybe somebody down the hallway, a staff member, maybe a family member, maybe even somebody in the hospital or a doctor, or you never know whose life you're affecting being a Christian. But we live the Christian life and we get those opportunities to share who God is and what he's done for us. And you know, when he's through with us, he'll take us home. But until then, we just keep following him. We keep trusting him. We keep believing him because we are overcomers if we know Christ. We are his children. He loves us. He cares for us. And just like we loved our children, he loves us infinitely more because he's what? God, right? And God has a love that's nothing like our love. His love is infinite compared to the love we have, right? And so we love and we're to let him love us and, and remember that we are, just as he said about Abraham a few minutes ago, we're highly favored, we're highly beloved. 
we're beloved by Him and we love, love Him and He loves us very, very much. So don't ever doubt that. Don't ever let the devil come and lie to you. Don't ever let somebody tell you that you don't have worth and value and a plan and a purpose no matter how old you are. Maybe you can't even get out to bed, but God still wants you here for some reason, some plan, some purpose. And so you keep on keeping on and keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Lord, we just pray for this group here today and we pray for me, Lord, and all those that know you, Lord, that we would just keep our eyes fixed on you, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he despised the cross and endured the shame, and then he sat down at the right hand of the Father. He went through way more than we did, Lord, and if he did that, guess what? It would be nothing if we went through some of the same things for him, because we only get a taste of what he went through. And he'll be with us through the storm, as Isaiah said. And I'll be with you when you in the fire, when they, then they won't burn you or scorch you. And I'll be with you in the water because the water will not overflow you. For I'm the Holy One of God. He loves us. He cares for us. Lord, help us to keep our eyes fixed on you and believe in you no matter what goes on. In Jesus' name, amen.